lot of that. Um, there's also this fear, I believe, um, of, of mutiny, this idea of like, well, if I let one person pitch their ideas, then, oh no, everybody's going to realize that they don't need me anymore and they're going to just um, leave me behind. Hey, I'm Michael Panic, And I'm Michael Ray. And, and we're, we're the, the Michaels. Michaels. We worked together for eight years and through many hopeful and hopeless situations. Today, we each work jobs we love and enjoy life every day. During our time as co-workers, we ignored a lot of warning signs, which eventually caused issues in our personal lives, affecting families and friends. Our work-life balance was out of whack and we didn't even know it. This podcast is all about recognizing potential issues and advice on how to correct your course of life and work. This, this is Work-Life Balance. Hey, everyone. This is Michael Ray and Michael Panic, and we're back for another episode of Work-Life Balance. How have y'all been? It's been a minute for us, for sure. Don't you think, Panic? I think so. I mean, I know we've we've been a little spotty, what with uh, you know COVID land and all. But to be honest, it's it's been nice to not feel the pressure to to do this as consistently. But we're still getting so many listens on our our past episodes that you know I don't I don't feel like we have to keep putting it out. So I'm glad that there's still uh, folks joining us, um, starting from the beginning and starting anywhere that that feels right to them. It's it's been really encouraging. It, I, I will say, like, even when we're like when we post an episode, we obviously get a, a boost in listener and listening. But consistently, you guys are out there listening and re-listening to episodes. It's really astounding to us how you're actually going back and listening to. There's some top episodes that we didn't think were going to be that great, yeah. but y'all fell in love with them, uh, which is fantastic. Yeah. But. Um, all that being said, we still love putting out new content when we can. Panic and I both admit, like, we just enjoy doing this. Oh, yeah. Um, it's it's does not work at all to us. It's really like, I mean, this sounds terrible, but we'll take 15 minutes before an episode and figure out exactly what we want to say. Then we record it, and then, then Panic will cut a couple of things, and we're good. Because we just love it so much, and we want to help people so much that it's just so natural with everything that we're doing. Yeah. And I'll say that, you know, you kind of joke that it's, it sounds terrible, but to me, I think that's, um, I think that's the best part about this is that we, we just try to keep it very like organic, natural flowing. I mean, we're not going to lie to y'all and say like stuff that we don't think is true that we haven't seen in our own lives that we haven't seen from somebody else. You know, we're not doing like a bunch of research and then giving you these sort of academic uh, answers to questions. We really just try to think of things that stir us uh, up and, and, and problems that we've seen and that we do see and that we hear about from our listeners. And we just want to give you our best stab at, um, at offering the advice that kind of we wish we had had earlier and I know, um, I know I'm pretty young, and and in the grand scheme of things, Michael's pretty young too. I think we forget that a lot. Uh, we were um, getting old. We were born old, as the uh, saying goes. But you know, the the facts are we've been blessed, cursed, somewhere in between, to have a, a wealth of uh, experience, largely negative, uh, in our careers. Is you know they've. We, we both started into our careers pretty young. And so we've, um, we've actually been doing this longer than, than most people our age. With that, we feel the responsibility and the burden to pass on any knowledge that we have. And so, um, so I, I just think it's really nice that we don't have to do like a bunch of deep research. And, and this isn't, you know, this psychologically based uh, approach. There's a uh, place and time for that. And it's good, but it's, I think it's just nice that we can sit down and, and just talk through things based on experience. Oh, yeah. I mean, there, it, <laughs> the, the amount of experience that we had in that seven year stretch, um, would be a lifetime. Yeah. Um, uh, without a doubt, we learned a lot, a lot of good and bad. And then I think the, the coolest part is that we both moved into different areas in, in our work life that, were so opposite from where we came from that we were able to recognize the differences. Um, and, and once again, that's why this podcast even exists, but we're going into that. So let's talk about what we're talking today. So yeah. today's episode, if you can guess from the title, uh, when your ideas never actually mattered. And that is something that 
I would panic. I think you. I think we'd be safe to say that we had we recognized that our ideas weren't being utilized, but we did not recognize how much we were patting the other person on the back for everything. That oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and not always directly, um, but we definitely you know let a lot of things slide that we shouldn't have that were very. Uh, yeah, we, we did too. We, that's a good way to put it. We did too much padding on the back. It's that classic thing. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Well, yeah. in this scenario, when you're the only person in the room with ideas, you're you're basically talking to a bunch of yes men or yes people. Um, and it's either by design that you want the, you want that or it's by accident that that happened. Yeah. Um, and in what? our scenario, it was by design. We were... Every time an idea was presented for the company, uh, if it was not our if it was not our idea, it never made it. And then if it was the other person's idea, it would even if it was a bad one, we would somehow at the end of the conversation, that's a great idea. Well, let's implement it. This is fantastic. And and then of course it ended up falling apart anyway. Sure. And and let me just say that I think and this might be a bold claim on this show, but I think that this is probably the most toxic workplace trait that exists. Because if you think about it, a lot of people, um, far less than I used to believe, my, my theories on this have changed a lot. I used to think that most people didn't give a crap about their job. I really did. <laughs> but that's not true anymore. I think most people do want to come in and find um, some level of validation and some level of, uh, what's that word I'm looking for, of feeling good about themselvesness, about their job. They want to they feel like they've done something at the end of the day. But that's still a far cry from like wanting to not just uh, do your piece, but to elevate the, the job and, and the company that you work for. And if a company sees somebody come in and offer their ideas and even push to implement them and they don't appreciate that, they don't show that appreciation deeply, there's some problems there. There's some big problems because most people probably won't do that or they won't actually pipe up and try. Um, and the people that that do should always just should always be rewarded for it. It's it's a rare trait. It's unsolicited, you know, outside input and any management ever should see that for the blessing that it is and should reward it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it's kind of one of those things of there's this always this back and forth. Like when you're hiring and, and uh, promoting, do you always promote within or do you promote from bringing people outside ideas and outside people? But, um, but you know, I, I think part of the reason why we wanted to bring this, um, part this particular episode to lie is I recently did not realize how horribly rejected all of my ideas were in the previous company until I became aware that I was actually afraid of the ideas that that were being implemented based on what I here where I am now. So like before have an idea, it would always get shot down. It was almost like a go on ongoing joke. Like as long as we can make him feel like he came up with it, we'll win. Which um, we up doing by the end of it. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, that's how it, uh, any idea had any chance. By the way, if you're dealing that right, right now, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, but now where I'm at, it's like, why? Well, give me your input. Okay. Yeah. That sounds great. Let's move forward. I'm going to move on. It, it, it scared me. Like it kind of scared me of like. Oh my goodness! This is like I'm making a, a, a impact, a change in this company, um, and it, it makes me like my confidence isn't all there, you know. And I think part of that's because I was stripped of all that at the previous company. Like, yeah. I had more confidence of it never being accepted than the other way around, um, which is pretty bad to think about. It is. I mean, yeah. The more I've thought about this. We used to take some extreme levels of initiative um, to do things that I mean, I remember like and of course, you and I both have marketing um, focuses and, and some level of marketing background. But I remember a time where you and I seriously sat down and put together a complete digital marketing strategy um, to implement 
And, you know, I'm racking my brain. I don't remember if it was ever actually done or if it was just kind of shot down like everything else. But I remember putting a lot of work. I mean, a lot of work is in, I remember you and I sitting in my house working on it, not even at the office. So I, 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 it's all vague. You might remember it better than me, but I just remember that was, you know, one of the, one of the many times where we really put in a lot of effort that only to have it, you know, more or less shot down in the end. Oh yeah. If it wasn't on the path of what was already pre-decided, then we weren't, it wasn't going to matter. Didn't matter if it was like, this is a bulletproof plan and we're going to do all the implementation. There was no support behind it. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. It wasn't even just like shrinking away from doing work. It wasn't just like, Oh yeah, don't bother me with it. It was like, it just wasn't going to happen. Quit, quit wasting your time. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So that, that rolls to our first couple of uh, subjects or not subjects, but points here. Um, and and for for the listeners, uh, typically we do warning signs and then like resolutions. On this particular episode, uh, we're doing somewhat warning signs, but then we're saying this is how it should be. Yeah. Uh, so this is where we want to go with it because we want to be very positive in the sense of you could be in one or two areas right now. Uh, and resolution wise, there's not really a ton because when there's a when you have a leader that's not accepting any new ideas and just only wants their own ideas. You can't do a ton about that. You can try, you can try, and you can try, but ultimately you can't go to anybody above them because they are the top yeah. in most sense. And you can kind of hack it like we're talking about. You know, yeah, you can trick somebody into you know, make them think it was their idea and then praise their brilliance. It's like the – I think of the – um Oh, gosh, the, the creepy advisor to the king in, in The Lord of the Rings. I'm way off base here. Don't, don't, I'm sorry, huge nerd. <laughs> but like, that's what I think. I was like the creepy, uh, you know, shadowy political advisor that's like, your lord, my lord, what a great idea. Like, that's kind of the only thing you can do here is trick somebody into thinking it's their idea if they're to that point. But again, I say, I think this is one of the most toxic uh, workplace problems to have because there's just nothing you can really do about it. Uh, except for leave, except for find a better place or, you know, hope that that person is no longer working there, which well, not or, or you become extremely good at, at manipulating their mindset. But well, at, yeah, that point, that, at that point, that's, that's it's not good. That, that That's just tiresome. Yeah. <laughs> like that wears you out. I think that wore us out. <laughs> it did because the, I'm sorry, I know we want to actually get into the meat, but when <laughs> we realized that's what was happening, that was really the beginning of the end. That was when we realized that every idea we had was just being shattered constantly. We started really, I think that was really when you and I sort of had to realize that we had to band together to try to make stuff happen. And we realized how futile everything was and that we we're just kind of running on ice. And um, I really, uh, yeah. So again, I just can't emphasize it enough. I think this is the worst situation to be in and hear me straight up. If you're in a place where you present ideas that would benefit the company and we'll get a little more into this in a second, but if you're presenting ideas that you know would benefit your company and they're not even being talked through or entertained, you you probably need to hightail it out of wherever you are. Well, it's funny too, because um, COVID probably just filtered out a bunch of companies that were in that mode of not taking on ideas. Oh, for sure. Because everything's up in the air now, right? Yep. Oh yeah. Well, even thinking, I mean, panic, I think you will remember these monumental moments in our lives, but this one that blew my mind was, um, This is pre-COVID. This is like three years ago or four years ago. Guys, our business is, you know, we're small, so we're nimble. We can pivot at any point to to do what we need to do to be better. We're, we're, we have to sit. We're nimble compared to our competitors. If we need to change, we can change. That's our advantage. Now. So that Did was. A, change, Michael Ray? Did we ever change? Yeah. And it, within that same week. I guess, or maybe in the same conversation. I can't remember it all blurs together, but uh, there was also discussion of, Hey, we built this code that could probably last in our 10 years without being touched. And which is, I've never thought about how perfectly antithetical 
those two ideas are. We did. We I've heard both of those statements a million times. Oh, we don't have to, you know, what we, what we've built is going to stand and we don't have to change. It'll be, you know, it's going to last us the next 10 years. And at the same time, sometimes in the same conversation, our advantage is that we're nimble and small and we can pivot on a dime and we can do whatever we need to do to get it done. That's hilarious. I've never, I've literally never examined how backwards that is. Wow. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. All right, so let's get into the meat of this. Let's do it. So first thing we got on here, it's pretty straightforward. Have you ever had an idea that just just never went anywhere? Like, okay, I'll rephrase it even better. Have you ever had an idea actually go anywhere? You know, have you ever mm. basically have you presented an idea to leadership management or whatever, and they don't say anything like ah, that's you know they don't acknowledge it or do anything or they do the opposite or this is even worse personally i think they take your idea and they make it their own idea and they don't show any recognition for it. yeah so y- you and i are big seinfeld fans and i feel and i've been re-watching the show i feel like that's half of every episode is like i have an idea and then somebody steals my idea and takes credit for it and it's really funny when it happens to you know, George Costanza, but it's really disheartening to see that uh, in actuality. And I've only ever dealt with that on a small level, but it seems like that happens worse at a higher, more corporate, you know, more layers of separation type level. I have to imagine that's very disheartening. Oh, yeah. Well, and, you know, that that if, if somebody is stealing your idea and making their own and then you get one, no recognition for it. Two, no financial compensation. Like, come on, if you bring an idea to the table that makes the company money or saves the company money, you ought to be paid for it in some fashion. Yeah. I mean, something. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it may be nefarious, but like, if you implement an idea and it, uh, you know, and, and it's accepted, you, you should basically hold the keys to your idea until you know hold the keys to the car until you know somebody's bought it. Like though there's a title in, in hand. So if, if you can, don't let this, you know, be the, the, what am I trying to say? Be the owner of this idea. And, and like, if it's a, if it's a technical solution, um, make sure that you have the code and you're the one that understands it. If it's a process implementation, don't necessarily send out detailed documentation on how it goes. Hold the keys until you know that it's right. Now, that's not true if you're like the owner of the company or a, or a high-level manager. But if you're just a person coming up with an idea that you think can help your company, make sure it's going to be rewarded and appreciated. Well, even okay, if you are the owner and you come up with an idea, you ultimately make more money if it's a good idea, right? Exactly. So, like, you may not make it right off the bat directly. Like, you may not give yourself a pay increase, but at the end of the year, you're like, oh, we have more profits now. Um, I can get myself a bonus or whatever. And so, or or you can reward yourself by hiring more people to take more burden off yourself. Like, there's lots of ways around this. Anyway, all right, Panic, what's the next bullet point there? Next thing is if you start seeing your ideas get immediately shut down, with little or no explanation. And this is, um, I, you know, this is similar, uh, just, you know, the general idea is that your ideas never go anywhere, but this is even worse. This is like, you know, the first one's more like, eh, yeah, well, maybe we'll think about it. This one is just like, no, uh-uh, no. And, and we saw this a lot. This would be the main thing. You know, it's like, have we considered X or even, let me just say like, um, let me think of a more real world, example here would be like, Hey, I noticed that, you know, we spend a half million dollars a year on paper products for, or or on sending out, um, paper invoices. Uh, and they're not, and and then I was able to see that, you know, they're only getting like a 1% response. Almost every other response comes from email. What if we just cut out paper invoicing altogether? Okay. That's a really, really solid argument. Who in the world would shut that down? It's probably what I hope most people are thinking. Like, well, if I knew those numbers and I came to my company, why would they shut that down? I, it happens. It happens more than you want to believe. People would say, 
oh no, our customers love their paper invoices. We got to keep our paper invoices. That's important, and and it keeps us connected. And yada blah blah blah. Who knows? Or what if the internet goes down? Who knows what excuses come up? But if it gets shut down immediately, and there's just sort of a vague thing, I think it's a sign of either non-progressive leadership that's super stuck in that. Uh, you know, that mentality of, well, we've always done it this way. Ever, we've always sent paper invoices. My grandfather's grandfather sent the first paper invoice in 1873. It's like, cool. Well, they didn't have email back then, you know? So there's a lot of that. Um, there's also this fear, I believe, um, of, of mutiny, this idea of like, well, if I let one person pitch their ideas, then, oh no, everybody's going to realize that they don't need me anymore and they're going to just um, leave me behind. And that's probably the number one fear uh, if it's a, if it's an employee, uh, sorry, an employer shutting it down, an owner shutting it down, is this sort of, or even a manager too, it's sort of imposter syndrome. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like... Um, it's like if if I accept your idea and it wasn't my idea, then I am weak, which is the stupidest thing. But I I see it in people's eyes. I know when people think that. Um, that's I would say that's probably the most common. And then the last one that's similar um, and probably second most common is this need for the spotlight. Same idea, right? Like I need everybody to think that. I'm the reason, you know, I'm the glue that holds this company together. And if somebody comes to me in an idea, I need to shut it down, which I think then leads, if it's really a good idea, that leads to what you were talking about, Michael, with, um, you know, with ideas getting stolen. Suddenly it's like, well, that's a good idea, but I want to get credit for it. And I don't want anybody else to have the spotlight. So they, you know, they're going to shut it down immediately. Oh, no, we can't do that. That's ridiculous. You know, we got to have our paper invoices. And then they go to the next, um, big big wig meeting and they're like hey i think we need to cut paper invoices and we'll save half a million dollars a year and everyone's like oh that's a great idea bill you killed it you crushed it way to go so i think that you know if you're ever feeling if you ever just get your ideas completely shut down you should first off know that that's weird and that's not normal mm -hmm. there's there's never there's never a place for that why why would anybody completely shut down an idea they're not going to accept every single thing that you pop off with, and that's fine. But it uh, never just get an immediately, like, unless it's crazy. If it's like, we should get a water slide in the common room, like, that's stupid. And yes, they're going to, of course, they're going to say no to that. But if it's an idea that genuinely helps the company and you've made a, a decent enough argument, it should never just be killed. Yeah. I mean, honestly, um, one person. In a, in a company that has more than one person in the company should not have every answer to every problem. Yeah. Um, if they do, you have a bigger problem, right? Because that one person will not be around forever. And whether you like, whether they like it or not, their responses and answers are uh, tilted toward their views, right? You know, like yeah. it's there, this, and an, an answer to a question is, opinionated to a certain degree, especially in business. Cause there's no, there's no black and white in business. There's a lot of gray. Um, and so I, it, it's frustrating when you see companies that are completely dictated by one person and then it becomes obvious and then it just uh, doesn't end up working. I mean, you can't have a culture of leadership when you're the only leader. Right? Ooh, 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 say that one more time. Oh, I hope I remember. You can't have a culture of leadership if you're the only leader. Yes. Cross-stitch that. Put it on my heart. Let's go. I'm going to mark that one. <laughs> yeah. Jot that down. That's really, really good. Um, because you're right. Like, no, I mean, if it's small enough and uh, and it really is a thing where you're like, you know, you're a solopreneur and you're contracting out work, obviously that doesn't apply. But yeah, if you're in a team of two, you shouldn't be dictating all the ideas. That's, um, but how often do we see that? I mean, think about all these. Oh, mm, I'm not going to call anybody out by names, I swear. But you, I hope you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> we have seen um, so many small companies from our hometown who have big goals, big aspirations, big dreams. Uh, maybe a little too progressive and futuristic sometimes. <laughs> you know, yeah, there you go. 
but and I think the problem, what I have seen and heard from the people who worked with these people, is exactly what we're talking about. Is that there's no culture of leadership. Because there's only one leader, and any time that idea of of culture of um, leadership culture and and encouraging your next generation of leaders, any time somebody comes up with an idea, presents an idea, it is just shut down, um, and that kind of leads us nicely to our next point, which is all of this is going to sound very similar, but you know, just different angles of the same uh, of the same image is that collaboration is never actually collaborative. It's really just somebody, you know, trying to get positive validation of their own ideas. So it's, it's, I come to you, Michael, and I'm like, Hey, um, can you help me work on a problem? And you say, sure. And I say, okay, so here's the problem is that we have, uh, you know, we need to cut our spending this year. We're just spending too much money, I think. And I think we could afford to bring on another person and boost our revenue if we didn't spend so much. And you say, well, you know, I think um, I think that's okay, but I think that you know I don't know how much we can really cut. And you go, no, 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 no. I know that we can cut. I know that we can make cuts. Um, I know that we can do this. And what I've been thinking about is that if we stop doing X, we could cut that money. And you say, well, no, I don't. I don't think we can do that. You know, we use all of that resource. And I say, no, you're not listening to me. You're not paying attention. Listen, cut it. We, you're like, just cut it. Just cut it. We, we can, we can cut that. We don't need that. And you're like, Hey, no, 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 no. I use that or, or, or I need that resource. Like we couldn't do our job yeah. without it. And then actually, I say, well, you know what, if you don't want to work with me on this, if you just wanted to be all about you and your ideas, I'm just going to go somewhere. I don't even worry about it. I don't need your help on it. I've got it. Okay. So that, I, there's a uh, panic. Let's see if you can remember the statement. You really don't use that. Do you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, right, right. How do you know if I'm using it or not is one thing, but again, it, it's this like being out of touch. Um, so you and you know you you recognize this person is recognizing that they're out of touch, and then they ask for advice, they ask for your help, and then if you're not just there to go, wow, that's a great idea, we should definitely do that, they don't want to hear it, and that is a massive problem. Um, that, that's beyond massive. That is so 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 bad. Whenever somebody is trying to present this idea of being collaborative. Um, but it's really just a, a thin veil for getting a pat on the back. Um, and, and, and just think about like, think about people in your own life. Think about the people who've written into this show. I feel like we've heard this one several times. People who've been on the show, who've written in, like we hear this one a lot and it's disturbing. I don't know at what point in grade school you learned that, you know, we, that I can give myself a pat on the back through other people by collaborating and then pushing them to, to agree with my idea. But that's a sick setup. And it's really just a, um, you're just asking for failure in your personal life because all you have is collaboration. I'm sorry. It does not matter who you are. Um, when, when given full autonomy on a project, it rarely works out well. You know what I mean? Like, I am. Well, or, or it just, um, every great idea has an end point. Yeah. Like it, it's not going to be a great idea forever. Yep. I mean, worlds change. I mean, a, a simple example that we live in 25 years ago, yellow pages was a great idea. Oh yeah. It was, it was, it was solid. And then it, now it's non-existent. Yeah, who who uses yellow pages? I think they do like digital marketing now, but yep. nobody's going to them for that hardly. Yeah, there, there's no yellow book that's in our my car or because yeah. I remember like my dad like had a yellow book in the behind us. You know, I, I personally think that's the whole point of the little uh, catching things behind your car <laughs> seat is stick a yellow book in it. <laughs> Nothing else fits in there. True. Uh, I mean, you're right, and then. 
You're right. Every idea just has that cutoff point. And the problem is if you, when you get so sucked into a world, let's say that you're the CEO of yellow pages, the more sucked in you are, the harder is it is to admit that it's, it's time to let go, that it's, that it's over. You got to do something different. And so you've got to be open to collaboration. It's not harder to admit. It's genuinely harder to see. You're so lost in this, this one world, this one idea that you may not even see everything else changing. And so if you don't listen to people who are outside of it and who don't experience it, imagine this, imagine the CEO of yellow pages in a coffee shop in 1998. Okay. And he's a billionaire and he's fine. He's just popped in for his morning coffee and he sees a kid sitting there on the internet. Does he scoff and roll his eyes and be like, I'm tired of hearing about this dot-com crap on the news? Or does he go to the kid and say, what are you doing? Because the kid might say, oh, I just found this new website that shows me all these um, businesses around here. And I found, my, I found this coffee shop there. That could be a life-changing moment. That could be a, a moment where he realizes, man, my idea is not going to make it. This is the future. But if you scoff and you roll your eyes and you say, I know what's best and I know everything and it's I'm going to go with my gut all the time, you end up like Yellow Pages did. I mean, I'm sure that's pretty much what happened in, in a general sense was a lot of scoffing and eye rolling. And then later you're just playing catch up. Yeah. And they eventually had to pivot at some point. That great idea did die. Um, all right. So we <laughs> so funny, funny. Funny thing here, uh, Panic and I talked about, hey, we should structure our episode to move pretty quick, and <laughs> we're doing pretty horrible with that, but that's okay. I think, I think it's a great conversation. I hope your listeners are out. Listeners, you are still listening, but um, let's move forward a little bit here. So the next thing we have on there is take all, take all of the blame, but get none of the praise. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah there was a lot there. Um, I think it was... When you're okay, so you've been you've you've collaborated with this person where they made you say yes to them for their idea. They get you they get you to run with the idea because they don't want to do it. They just want somebody else. They just can't want to come up with it. Um, and so you run with the idea, and it fails, and it's your fault mm-hmm. that it didn't work. Yeah. It's your fault that this great idea never was implemented correctly. It's never been considered that the great idea was not a great idea. No, of course not, because the idea was great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was great. It was great until you implemented it and it wasn't great anymore. <laughs> yeah. That's just because you implemented it. That is such a uh that's such a loser mentality. Um, I hate to sound like a certain somebody, but that's that's loser mentality. That that is like if you sit around and you say, my idea is great, it's bulletproof, and then it fails and you start blaming everybody else, like what a loser you are. I cannot fathom people who think that way, but I can because I've seen it a lot. Like I see that a lot. It's the yeah. 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 In the air. And then if you do implement the idea and it is fantastic, you don't get any praise for it. It's more of, I am so glad I came up with that and it worked, you know, like, all right. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate what do you that. Say to that. Yeah. Because, you know, what, what's, what's the old saying that ideas are great until you actually do something with them or that's they don't, they don't mean anything until you do something with them, whatever. Yeah. That's, that's the nice way to say it. There's yeah. a, <laughs> my grandpa had a different way of saying it. <laughs> I could only imagine. All right, Penny, what's the next point on there? Um, like this one that you added is having to be told that your input matters. I think that is so telling. When somebody is like, hey, listen, man, we really appreciate your input. But like when there's a but after it, ooh, that's bad. Because then sometimes it's not just like a bulldog running you over and saying like, ah, no, we're not doing it. It's not going to work that way. We'll never do that way. Sometimes it's like sickly sweet, but still totally turning you down. It might just be like, Hey, you know, you say like, Hey, I think we should do X. I'm just like, Hey, you know, I really appreciate your idea, but, um, 
I just don't feel like that's that's what we need to do. Well, that sounds really nice on the outside, but if you can't follow that up with here's why, or you can't ask like, okay, what's the thought behind not doing this? And there's no answer. I guarantee you, you're still dealing with number two, non-progressive leadership, fear of mutiny, need for the spotlight, that kind of thing. So it sounds really nice, right? Um, It sounds so fluffy and it's like, oh, they really care about my idea. If they cared about your idea, they would like, throw it around a little bit or workshop it. But if they, you know, and so this is not like, again, not every idea you have is gold. So if you come in and you say, I think we should do X. And they're like, I don't like, like, you know, we appreciate your thoughts, but I don't think that's going to work. We have tried something similar in the past. That's an explanation. And that's good. If they give you, well, um, you know, we can, let's talk about it. Or, you know, that's something we'd have to bring up to somebody else. Any kind of explanation is a good start, right? That means a lot more than just no. And saying, we appreciate your idea, but I don't I don't think that's kind of, that's not what we need to do right now. That's not going to work or, or just kind of a vague no with a smile is still a hard no. And you're at least owed some tier of explanation. Yeah. Well, and I would even say... Um, you will kill your workforce if you tell them we value your input, give us your input, we'll make changes, and you openly ignore their input because all you're doing is just making people mad. Yep. Uh, like, oh, yeah. Like when, like, I, I remember back in the day, it was, I remember like coming into work thinking, why aren't we doing this? Or why are, like, it's just pure frustration. And, uh, and then I, I would do the, whatever work we were doing in the, uh, like a negative, not wanting to do it mentality because of the frustration of it seems like a giant waste of time because we're not doing the thing that really we should be doing. Uh, I mean, you just, when you talk about like just killing any positive energy or just like push to, do, to be better, you just killed it when you're, when you basically say, uh, you're great, you have great ideas, love them, give them, keep them coming. And then you don't accept any of them. And it's just because in my head, I'm like, that's just a waste of time. I'm not going to bring up you. All of a sudden you'll lose any new idea that comes about until you hire somebody new that doesn't know that this is a problem in the side of the company. (laughs) Yep. And then they'll come in and they'll do the same thing. They'll burn right out. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that was pretty similar to us. Like there was a, where we were, it, the company needed to pivot. Like there was just, no way around it. Like it needed to change. And there was no evidence from the seven years that we were there that there was a change that was going to happen. Um, and then I heard later after we left, there was this discussion that the owner had said of, I'm changing everything, blah, blah. And, and then I look at it now and I see no change. Yeah. No, nothing has actually changed. No. No, nothing at all. Or, or okay, here's a classic one. You see some, <laughs> you see an idea that's supposed to change things, and it's the most half implemented, half baked. Uh, obviously, they just wanted to satisfy themselves that they did something, but didn't actually like push it to make it better. Yep. And then it will it will stay in that state. That's another. Uh, we could probably. Honestly, we're going to do a whole episode on just stagnation, but like, yeah, if if they're like, well, we need to make a change and you present an idea and and they just kind of, this is probably a whole other point we didn't examine, but they kind of throw you a bone and they're like, oh yeah, you know, Bill wants to do his little thing so he can, he can have his dumb little thing. And then you're like, okay, great. This is a great first step. How are we going to improve on it? And then it's like, well, you know, if, if it's just very, we're just throwing you a bone. I think people know that. I don't think I have to tell you when somebody's just sort of like trying to get you off their tail or whatever. Like, just like, yeah, whatever. Here's your toy. Go play with it. Yeah. I'm not going to help you anymore. I'm not going to, we're, we're done with that idea. That's dangerous and toxic too. Yeah. All right. So this moves into our last point before we switch over to the positive opposite of where we are. Um, you begin to question if you have any good ideas that are worth pursuing, 
it may, and this is something that I was that came to my. This is kind of what drove me to say, "Hey, let's talk about this as an episode." Because uh, I think Panic, you and I both were probably in that same boat. Of we got to a point where we just thought our ideas were trash, or mm-hmm. they just weren't good. And why? And the Almighty Leader knows all, um, and we just accepted that. You know that could work, but you know. It, it probably would. and you go into this very pessimistic I'm already a pessimistic person in general but then it was like we were convinced that our ideas were never well thought out enough to make yeah. it. or uh, we weren't given enough time to implement the idea to make it successful um, and That's so right, yeah. take you know you take all that and then all of a sudden it's uh, go to the opposite side where I'm in that, where I'm at now Sometimes it scares me when I bring an idea to the table and they're like, yeah, it's great. Let's run with it. And we run with it. Oh, no. <laughs> what do I do now? <laughs> and it's, you know, it's a little scary, a little intimidating. Yeah. But um, because you're like, what if it fails? What if it fails? At least we try. It's better to take the swing than never swing at all. Um, and we, and it's the opposite feeling, but it's so, it was bizarre to me that I was thinking it like that. Of like, why does it scare me to run with an idea that I have confidence in, uh, you know, I'm positive and just, I know this will work or I know like if we give this a shot, yeah, it may be potentially not work. Every, every great idea has a potential to not work. We know that it doesn't, even bad ideas have potentials to not work and whatever, but ultimately you're, you know, run with it. And then when you're running with it, you're like, this could be really great. This could be really great. And maybe it ends up being really great. Well, that mentality was a little scary because I came from a place that like I can throw whatever I want on the wall because nothing will stick. I don't care. <laughs> so it's just like, it's almost like a joke. We had panic about how, um, how okay. Actually, this even brings back a horrible memory. Let's see oh. if I can. Okay. So, Remember back in the day, and we uh, wanted to shift the focus of the company toward we're a marketing type of company, right? Yeah. We decided, let's go ahead and update the homepage. Uh, oh, my gosh. Text. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Be- all right. Okay. Okay. No. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you do this to me? It's too early on a Wednesday for this crap. So, okay. And here's the best part. We did the change because we were like, hey, we can do SEO. Let's do it to ourselves first and, and, and learn. And then we can, we can push the idea of doing it for people. Right. So we make a bunch of changes to the site for us based on what we knew and made sense. And, um, and we had some input from a friend, and we're like, yeah, this makes total sense. And we actually saw, like, an increase. In, yeah, we did. We saw an increase in traffic. We, we actually had, like, an occasional uh, contact come through, like, an actual lead. And we're like, huh, that actually kind of works. And then something happened. I don't remember what happened. And then all of a sudden, we get this text. It's like, why is the homepage say say something I didn't approve or I didn't? Uh, why is it change it all back? Change it back right now. Uh, and it was just this blow up, and we're like, "Hey, we did this because he's like, I don't just change it all back." And so we're like, "All right." So we changed it all back, and lo and behold, or everything that we had adjusted didn't matter anymore. And and let me even say there that I don't want you know just so listeners know the the extent of it. It's not like this person wrote a bunch of copy for the website and then we changed it behind his back. I designed the whole website. I did all the original copy by myself with no like real back and forth. There was no concern. Like they didn't care about our, our marketing. They didn't give, they didn't care. Like they were just like, yeah, just fine. Just do it. I gave them, I showed them comps and they were like, that looks great. And then I just did it and I just wrote the copy myself and, and that was it. And then I was like, wow, I wrote really terrible copy and now I know things about SEO. I should implement them and let's do it. And then we did. And it was like that. It was also, let me just remind everybody, it was like five months of seeing progressive growth 
Like we made the change. And then five months later, they were like, why is this changed? And, you know, we were accused of like sneaking around or something like that. It was very strange. That was one of the weirdest moments. Uh, it, and it did just bring back a very like horrible uh, <laughs> twinge of pain in the back of my head. I had forgotten all about that. Yeah, I I, rem- I remember where I was. I was sitting in my car. I'm always sitting in my car. I feel like I was sitting in my car waiting for a networking event to start because so we're talking about like six o'clock at night, and um, that's when we got it. We're like, okay, let's do something with it. I don't know, and so that's what we ended up doing. But um, yeah, <laughs> just that was horrible. <laughs> let's talk about what a positive. <laughs> culture and and leadership culture leadership focused culture let's talk about oh my goodness let's like. let's change the let's change it right let's, let's do something different on the obvious one if it if you're in a good place your ideas perfect world your good ideas will be vetted accepted and implemented right mm-hmm. if, if it's if it's good and you can show some hard data and you present a strong case people just go that sounds great let's do it which like mike Ray said can be terrifying. However, that's what you want. I mean, you want a place where not just your ideas, but anybody's ideas can be at least vetted. And if they're proven good, they're accepted and they're implemented. Yeah. I I think, um, and if you're not sure if if someone's ideas are being implemented or not, um, it, you can just ask the management and say, Hey, I saw it. We're changing to this. Um, is why and they should say well so and so came up with this idea and, and we think it's fantastic so we're going to move forward with it um like they should be leadership and management should be very open to saying who came up with the idea yes yeah um yep. and then moving to the next one here so discussions take place your ideas are refined alongside others so this is where like true collaboration comes into the play where your you bring ideas that everyone brings ideas to the table and then we start okay if we let's let's run with it for a second right let's see if it actually does make sense what are there caveats that we're not thinking about you know we kind of if we say yes this will happen is it what we want you know do we want that so yeah but um and it's and you should i mean honestly in a in a in a positive place you should there should be a pretty regular uh, the culture should allow this to be pretty regular, like oh, people yeah. just throwing around ideas and then seeing the leader or the management say, hey, let, let's let's dig into that. that's pretty good. Let's let's do a little research behind that. Um, and if we like it, we should bring it up at our next whatever meeting um, and get some feedback and see if it makes sense. Um, so just think, you know, it, it, it sounds simple, right? It sounds like, oh, duh, that should happen all the time. But it really doesn't. Yeah. And question yourself, like. Have you seen that happen? Have you seen that take place in your workplace? Um, and I would actually say, if you're unsure, like I've never seen it, but I've also never tried, you should try. I mean, that could be, you, you could be seeing, it, it's, y'all, it's not just about me and feeling happy in my work. It also does come down to a sense of security because if they can't, ex- if your management cannot accept new ideas, that means that when the world inevitably pivots and changes away from your business, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter how stable you think your industry is. Something's going to come along and wreck it. it. Disruption happens constantly. If your management isn't willing to change now, they're not going to be willing to change then. Mm-hmm. You, you should be looking out for your future by ensuring. So maybe it's a small thing. Maybe it's just like a Hey, why don't we do like a happy hour? Like right now is a great idea, a great time to do this because it's it's COVID time. The easiest test is let's do a virtual happy hour. Unless you're a company of people who are like, you're all recovering uh, alcoholics. Don't recommend that. Don't try that. But say like, or, you know, even then you could say, well, let's play Jackbox games over Skype one night or whatever. Like pre- present a little bit of a, of a um, hangout casual idea and see how well that's taken because that's the easiest thing in the world. They ought to take that. They ought to be like, yeah, that's good. That builds, uh, that's team building and that's fun and sounds good to me and let's do it. And then see if they'll kind of let you go with it. And then if not, this is sort of point number two, 
see what kind of discussion takes place. Because like we said, in a positive culture, it would never just get shut down without explanation. So see what sort of discussion, refinement, um, I, you know, secondary ideas. If you say, hey, I think we should do a happy hour, and they just say, no, that's weird. But if they were like, well, you know, Bill is a recovering alcoholic and, and we don't want to put him in an awkward place. That's a huge positive because that says that they really care about Bill and his state. That's awesome. Um, and then see what comes next. Do they offer an alternative? Like, well, maybe not a happy hour, but maybe we could just hang out one night and shoot the, you know, shoot the shoot and uh, maybe play some poker or something, you know, like wh- whatever. We've done all kinds of stuff like that at work. And so see what sort of discussion uh, and refinement takes place, because that's a good sign that the culture is positive surrounding um, ideas and, and, and that whole world. Yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, I've, I've even seen it where the leadership, you can tell the leadership's like, ah, you know, that's, that may not be a good idea, but I, I trust you and I'll let you run with it. Yeah. And then um, you run with it and it ends up being way better than the leadership thought. And they go back to you and say, you know, I was wrong. That actually was way better than I was expecting. Uh, thank you for implementing that. You know, that that's like that's a, a leader being uh, humble and recognizing that they don't have all the ideas, you know. Exactly. Uh, all right. So moving forward here, uh, talked a little bit about this, but bad ideas are acknowledged lovingly. Okay. Alternatives enhancements or enhancements are offered. So basically, like you said earlier, hey, that's a great idea, but you know, Bob, he might, uh, he's recovering, he's recovering from that. We got to think about that. So basically, it's like, let me give you some thought that you may not have thought about. Um, where I like where you're going, but it, you probably forgot about this, you know, something like that. So it's super, basically it's not a shot down. It's more of a, well, let's run with it just a little bit and let's think about what would happen. Um, and let's be all, and let's be all inclusive. Let's not make an idea that helps that benefit. And that's another thing too, by the way, if you're coming up with ideas for the company, make sure it's not just benefiting you. Because you're going to get a lot of resentment from your coworkers. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. And it, uh, here again, though, good management would recognize that it's uh, this is not for the team. This is to make your life easier, and something will come of that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, what's the next point there, Panic? You asked for input. Uh, you were asked for input that reflects your expertise, um, and they will not do something. Uh, if you say it's a bad idea. So basically you're just being respected uh, for what is, is shown to be your area of expertise. Now, if you work for uh, a CPA as like, like you work for a CPA firm and you are a CPA and you come to them with marketing concepts, they might be a little bit hesitant and that is totally accepted. Now, if you come in and your background's in marketing and and you just also happen to you know study accounting and you have your CPA, like they should respect that. But if you've never done it before, you've just been like interested, learning on the side, you might have to prove yourself. But if you are an expert, if you have been brought like me, I was I, I do a lot of stuff at my company now, which is great. I love it. I love all the opportunities I get. But at my core, uh, I was brought on to be a WordPress developer. No, I, I don't even, I mean, I'm, I started doing, I, I just basically do the WordPress work, um, but I've been able to do a whole lot more. But when there are questions regarding WordPress and even PHP and other things adjacent to that, I'm the guy that they talk to. They respect that that's why they, they brought me in. And if I were to say something, and this is a scary bit too, you got to be real confident because if I were to say something, um, definitively if they ask me a question and and i answer it like they're going to take whatever i say as the truth so it's a little scary um but i'm i am asked for input they don't you know quote a wordpress project without bringing me into the meeting i may not even do the work we have some other people now that are are capable um but it's it's you know that's positive that they ask for my input because they um they brought me in for that. And then I've been able to prove my expertise in the area because we've had a lot of success with those projects. Um, and if I were to say, Hey, I don't think we should approach this problem uh, with, with this solution. If I say it's a bad idea, they listen to that as well. And they generally uh, just 
it's so it's not about it's not about your company just doing what you say, but it's about respecting uh, an area of expertise that you've proven is your area of expertise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and you know, in general, now granted, if you're like an entry level job, that type of thing, that's a little different. Sure. But if you have, if you've been workforce workforce for a while and you've stuck to your career path in general, you have some expertise. Don't discount yourself. Like you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You may think, well, I'm only like right now. I'm 32. Uh, I don't have all the answers, and I definitely recognize that. But at the same time, um, I I'm pretty good at stuff. Like certain things that I'm good at, I'm pretty good at. And so uh, there's a level of like I I been here, done that. I can tell you what works and what doesn't on a couple of things. And so I recognize that. Now you have to tell you ask yourself, okay. I'm, to the listener out there that's in a job, like we look at our demographics, y'all are in like the tw- late twenties and early thirties. That's your demographic for majority of you. And that means you've probably been in your career. If you stuck with it, unless you've made a major career change, you've been in your career for five to 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, you've, if you've been in something for 10 years, you know a whole lot more than the person that's been in it for two. Absolutely. Al- almost, almost every single time. Yeah. I mean, and especially if you're successful at it. like if you have a successful career and you've been doing it for 10 years, you, you, you got some expertise. If you don't think you do think about it a little harder because you really do like just a simple formula there of been doing it for a while. I'm, I've been successful at it uh, and I enjoy it. That means I probably know a good bit about it a lot more than the person that's never even talked about it. So, but keep that in mind because sometimes you want to, if you're coming from a bad situation, you've been pretty much told you have no expertise. Just do it. You're just a, uh, you're, you're just, gonna, you're just, you're just going to do what I tell you to do. Here's a process. Now do it. You yeah. know, you're just, you're just a computer mm-hmm. with feelings. Um, but yeah, yeah, that, that, that you have ex. just hear me out. Most of y'all have an expertise in something. You may not be, listen here. You may not be the absolute best at that in the world, Nobody can definitively say that because there's always something that they probably lack in. So all that being said, don't let that discourage you. Like, yeah, you may not be the, we'll just throw sports out there. You may not be the best football player out there, but you're pretty darn good. Um, and you'll make an impact. Are you the absolute best there would be? No. But are you making a positive impact and moving the needle in the right direction? Sure. That means you're, you're an expert in some degree. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So this actually moves into talking about feelings in a positive area. You have a feeling of a greater fulfillment outside your normal job duties. So basically, um, what does that mean? It means that you do your job, but then you have like this energy is like, Hey, I can make this better. I can do this. Like it's all positive and the culture yeah. should dictate that. Right. Because if a culture is encouraging to do for you to step outside just your job, normal job duties and, and take on more that that's a, like a leadership type of culture right there. They're trying to develop leaders in the roles where you're doing, you've been hired for something, but you, but you have a greater vision than what's in front of you. And so you're bringing in proper leadership. Definitely. And, and I think that there's uh, something else to be said there. It becomes very cyclic, right? If you encourage, if somebody comes to you with an idea, and you say, maybe it's not even the best idea you've ever heard in your life, but it's good. You say, yeah, let's do that. Do you want to take that on? And they go, yeah, let's um, let's do it. Let's, I'll take it on. I'll make it happen. They're going to become a little more loyal to you, right? That's a moment for them to, to feel uh, loyalty and like, like you've accepted them. And then they feel better and they feel that greater uh, level of fulfillment outside their normal job duties. And they want to do it more. And that's what Michael's talking about. This culture of leadership is cyclic. It's It says over and over and over again, I want to do this because every time I do, it makes me feel good about me. It makes me feel good about this job. It grows loyalty. I mean, basically, to, to leadership out there, to managers out there, there's absolutely no reason to ever discourage a, a good idea. I know that there's like the the – evil underpinnings of, of why people do that and the, and the, uh, the selfishness and all these things that seep in that aren't intentional generally, or they're just so much a part of your life. You don't even realize you're doing it, but there's not a good reason to turn down an idea because good ideas 
grow better ideas. Oh yeah. Every time, um, good leadership grows more leadership, right? Yep. Uh, all right. So moving forward, all right, we're trying real hard to stay within the hour mark and be about to pass it, but, um, we're almost done too guys. All right, here we go. So, um, recognition of the idea that you brought to the table in a positive light to the rest of the team encourages leadership. Uh, yeah, straight up. If someone basically, that's great. Let's bring it to the team and see what we can do with it. That's what you want to hear. There's some action put to your thoughts, essentially. And public praise is a, is a big component there. Yeah. And you guys, you've heard us say before you praise publicly and you discipline privately. Um, and this is extremely evident right here. Like you should, because here's the thing, if you have a horrible idea that you bring to the table, the leadership, yeah, let's bring it to everybody. It sounds stupid. <laughs> <laughs> let's make fun of you. <laughs> Another George Costanza moment, right? Exactly. I mean, seriously, like how horrible would that be? Like that, it almost sounds like a sitcom where they're like, Hey, that's terrible. Let's bring it to the whole team so we can all laugh at you. That's the worst idea I've ever heard. Bring it. Tell everybody. <laughs> all right. And then the final one we got here, uh, this is just something in general. You should be rewarded for your good idea in uh, terms of it's a good idea. It was implemented and it's working and you're an you're part of that idea. Now it's one thing to say, Hey, I'm going to throw this out here and hope it sticks. Now you're, if you, if you believe in the idea, you become the cheerleader of that idea. And then all of a sudden you are, uh, like the, you're the, the contact for that idea, I guess. And if it works and it's great and, and it benefits the company in two ways, well, one of two ways, either grows revenue or reduces expenses. Cause that's how a company does grow. Um, then you should be rewarded for it. My, you know, financially speaking, you probably should get a raise of some sort or a bonus or something that, that reflects like, you know, if the company makes a hundred dollars more because of your idea, you ought to see a little bit of that hundred dollars at some yeah. point. Um, or even more so you've done so well with your ideas that they've moved you, they promoted you, which then of course should come in general with some extra income. But, um, but yeah, so I just think you should really think about that. You should see, has anybody in your company brought an idea table, implemented it, and it worked, and they got a compensation for it, essentially. Um, and, you know, sometimes your idea only is a one-time increase. Like, hey, it fixed yeah. this, and it, it did great, and it saved saved our butts on one project. Yeah, you should probably get a little, not, not a pat on the back. You know, if it saved that company $10,000 on that one project one time, you should you should see a little bit of that at some point, but, um, but no, that, that's it guys. So I, we kind of rolled through that toward the end, just trying to be conscious of time here, but, uh, there you go. You have a really negative situation, a really positive situation. Where do you sit? Do you think you sit in the middle? Um, cause I can tell you right now, if you're sitting, if you think you sit in the middle, there may be, I mean, panic, you may agree with this too. Like if, if you think in general, okay, most ideas are blown away, but then occasional ideas are accepted. That's not a bad thing. They're maybe just being con you know, conscious of what's happening and being careful. Or you may run to the issue. There may be favoritism. That's a thing. You have to think oh, yeah. about that. There may be like, I only accept ideas from this guy or this girl, uh, which that's a whole different animal altogether. But in general, for most part, you should be able to recognize a company or leadership that says, heck yes or heck no. Uh, and there's, you know, where do you lie? And if you're all, if you're if you're encouraged by making ideas and helping improving the company, that makes you feel good. If you're not seeing that, once again, we don't say always quit your job, but start thinking, right? Start thinking what's yeah. the next steps. Definitely, definitely. But um, but that's it. Anything else you want to add? No, I mean I think this has been a a really good topic to cover. Um, it's been you know it's kind of uncovered some painful memories, but I do think it's you know it's important to talk about because it's such a uh, it's such a big red flag that it, I think a lot of people probably miss. I think it's probably because of sitcoms and television and all kinds of things. You just you kind of expel. Well, my ideas, you know, nobody cares about my ideas. Maybe it's just stupid. Give yourself more credit than that. And 
know that ideas should never just be shut down. They should be discussed. And if you're in a, a positive uh, environment, you don't have that problem. Um, but a negative environment can definitely encourage and exploit uh, that that whole idea that you know ideas just aren't uh, accepted. They're not even considered, and and you're having one never really mattered. Yeah, exactly. Well, all right, everyone. Thank you all for taking a, a moment to listen to us. Uh, please, once again, we always say, please email us when you have questions or your situation. Uh, we like to turn those in episodes every once in a while. Uh, we love when we get that. I mean, it's so funny, but we've, <laughs> whether we like it or not, we've impacted lives. <laughs> yeah, it's all <laughs> and, <kind of> scary. <laughs> so there's that scary idea that came to fruition, and now it's got some results. It's called our podcast. But um We've affected lives in most part a pretty positive way. We we get email. Get this. We get emails of people. Hey, I quit because of what you were saying, and I couldn't be happier. (laughs) It's scary, but at the same time, it's still their decision. So, all right, guys. I want to ask one more thing. If you are uh, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, anywhere that you listen to the show, why don't you give us a second and just give us a really quick review? A a lot of places will even let you just do a star review. Um, and you know, if you hate the show and you think it sucks, you can go ahead and give us one stars. That's fine too. Um, but give us a quick review. It, you know, it helps, uh, helps us grow our listenership. And then also if you have a friend who hates her job or is in a bad position and doesn't know it, pass them on to our show. Um, we would love to have uh, one more listener. So, you know, t- tell a friend this week about work life balance. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, we'll catch you on the next one. See y'all. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of Work-Life Balance. If you have questions or stories you'd like to share, email us at worklifebalanceshow at gmail.com or call in on Anchor. We'd love to have you on the show.